welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Mr. Jerry Springer. Oh, please, don't get up. Thank you. Please, please, sit back down. Get a hold of yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yes. it gets, hey, uh, what do you do for a living? <laughs> Is that where you're taking it? That was I so, so smooth. I, think I tell you yeah. what. <laughs> no, because we just found out about it. Yeah. We, well, yeah no, we, but but you know, joke. Megan, <laughs> and some people know this, some of our listeners know this, some don't. But she is a, has an advanced college degree. She has a degree. She has a master's degree from one of the best universities in America, Xavier University. <laughs> no bias Did she changes. get a chance to go to college? Oh, oh but I'm bummed. Boom. Oh, <laughs> turn on me. Um, <laughs> anyway, Megan is in the HR field. Mm-hmm. So everybody that knows about Megan, that listens to this show, pictures what, we, what I would picture. You come in here often in a business suit mm-hmm. and heels and getting off work, and, and that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And then at dinner, at the post-podcast dinner, where Jerry and Meg and I have, have dinner each uh, week, we learn, uh, we just stumbled on it, Megan, <laughs> yeah. that what you do as an HR person with your new company, the name of which is? Proactive Safety. Proactive yep. Safety. They now have to pay, buy a commercial. <laughs> And what you do <laughs> is you travel the country. Yep. I mean, what's really outrageous is you just said that tonight, yeah. after this podcast, yep. you are traveling to Dayton, Ohio, yep. to do a training. Mm-hmm. And what hold do you up, tra- yeah, Well, what? hold up what you wear when you train. This My is... high-vis vest. It's pretty, it's pretty sexy. I mean, everyone. So for those of you who are listening, not seeing. I know. I have the goggles, too. It is she nothing has, but safety. She it has is. safety goggles. Do you stand by orange bar- barrels? No, I'm in the warehouse. I'm teaching them how to use cranes and forklifts. And then we go out and use, like, the cranes that you use on the side of the road. So I teach safety and how to safe, safely operate those. So you so teach. cranes, like. Cranes, construction cranes. Yes. Like high rises. Yes. Those big, th- you train people to. Yes, do- I do. So you've done it. Yes. That is amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. That really is. <laughs> it's Can't different. Can't you get hurt? Well, sure, but that's why I teach it safely. I get through a lot of classes <laughs> but to teach people first, how to do it safely. Yeah, but the, when you first did it, you didn't know everything. No, but you kind of learn it like you're literally out in the middle of nowhere. You've There's been nothing. trained. Yes. So they you're certified. They don't just certified. throw you on it and no, say, teach so. someone else how hey, to you use it. show them how to do it. So like you. if there's a 25-story high-rise, mm-hmm. you know how to operate those the cranes. boom, yeah, I do, and I can teach others to do it. That's what I. When I'm not here, that's what I'm doing, Jer. When you were six years old, is that what you wanted to be? Every day. On the way, <laughs> on the way no. home from ballet dancing. I know. No, was? I wanted to be Miss America when I was six years old. <laughs> well, I know. Uh, you know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you no, know this what? was not in not in the scope for me. It at the is time. a great skill. Yeah. Oh, it's. It is a great skill to have. See, we have to teach Jerry how to use a mic. When you turn to talk to Megan. How am I going to use a crane? I don't know how to turn on the mic. Honey, no one asked you to use a crane. Trust you me. Hello, testing one, two. Hey, Megan. Hey, Gene. I have been taking the position, as you know, in recent podcasts that it is, and it's Jerry that pushes this, and I say it's wrong, it's against my values to have this promotion on our website, Uh jerryspringer.com. Would you like to date Megan? Yeah. Because That's it's your time. idea. 
That wasn't my idea. It was your idea. I never had such an idea. It was my Jerry idea. doesn't have any ideas. Yeah, it was Gene's idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Aww, so anyway, Jer. there is this promotion. Yeah. yeah. And On the website. It's been there since the beginning. Since the beginning. And when we put it up there, you weren't, uh, you, you were dating, but you weren't, didn't have like a, a steady relationship at the Correct. time. Yeah. Now you do. Yep. He's in the audience. He Frank. Is. Say Hi, hello Frank. to Frank. Everybody say hello. Oh, hey. Sorry, Frank. <laughs> oh, Tonight is bring your spouse night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because Mickey's here and Bonnie Mickey Springer is in the audience, yeah. and I think Bonnie's coming. And, and, oh, you're not married. No, no, we're not married. Now he doesn't have a microphone. He so. doesn't. Oh, all right. So are you living look. in sin? No. No. What are you, Jerry? For the love of God. Well, God. Well, that too. That's why I was asking about. No, that. we have separate residents. And that's, we're not like you, Jerry. No, <laughs> Mickey. Hey, yeah. sinners. So I've been taking this position. That's yeah. got to come down. So today I had very high level meeting with the people from our Corporate. crew on the podcast. Corporate. Corporate. <laughs> and I had this long meeting with them, and I'm saying like, look, this has got to come down because she's in a relationship. Sure. They said. This was after I told him about you run forklifts and stuff. And I said, well, wait a minute. I got, we got to have a picture of Megan with a hard hat on. Oh, Jesus. And they posted it. This was posted at about noontime. I hate you so By about 2 o'clock, Megan. <laughs> by about 2 o'clock, it blew up <laughs> with interest. Yeah. There are, I have a, that is so I have a, I can't a, even tell a you. messenger bag full of man applications. Yeah. yeah, man purse. You mean you, you keep all those emails? Ruff, yeah, ruff. of course. <laughs> Sorry, so Jim. the jig is up. <laughs> yeah. So it is like uh, I think we're just going to leave it there for a while. A lot of guys from up. the Sorry, trade Frank. union movement. <laughs> Frank Beckham. says okay. He's like, listen, Frank, if you can handle it. Her- yes or no? Did you know she does this? This. Uh, Which one? The podcast or the, the or the cranes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He knew. Yeah, he knew. You kind of right. like when she puts on that outfit, don't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How can you take anything and just make it disgusting? It's me. It's, it's your gift. There it is. We were wondering what the skill was. There it is. So I got this idea. Yes, just one but, other thing, and we're going to ask uh, Jerry in a minute to talk about all the political events of this week. Yeah. Geez. And again, you, you, <laughs> we're happened. on live on Facebook Live, and we stream live on, at jerryspringer.com, but most people probably listen to this in the archive version. So this is the week of August 1st. Today's August 1st, Tuesday. So much has happened in the news. Plus, our musical guest is... Yeah, is Hank Irwin. So we're looking forward to that. Yep. But by the way, I beseech you guys, and I always have these... I think of them as big ideas. <clears throat> uh, get a rental car. I was going to say, is this like the rental the car year. in the Guinness book that Guinness wouldn't look at? No, this? correct. Okay. <laughs> uh, that was break the record of how many miles can you put on a one-week unlimited mileage rental car. Dream big, Calvin. And, right, dream, dream big. big. Thank you. So I want to, on August 21st, chase history. Mm-hmm. And I want oh. you and Jerry to join me in chasing history. I have made reservations in the side yard of a bourbon distillery in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. a four-hour drive from here, southwest of Paducah, because there is going to be a total eclipse of the sun mm-hmm. about 1 o'clock Eastern time, Yes, 70-mile swath that runs all the way from Oregon to South Carolina, this arc that goes from the northwest to the southeast. 
Hopkinsville, the town, claims they are the epicenter mm -hmm. of the solar eclipse. It'll last about two minutes. I've ordered for us some protective goggles. I don't want any of us to get hurt. I and mean, you appreciate that I as do an appreciate HR safety that. person. <laughs> From a safety perspective, I appreciate that. I've got three campsites. We're gonna, they've got portalettes there, Jerry. They campsites? Have, yeah, three campsites. Who did you get it for? <laughs> one for you, one for Megan, one for me. They have portalettes, uh, food trucks. What? Bring food he doesn't trucks know what in. any of these words mean. What is a portalette? <laughs> it's a bathroom. It's a portable potty, Jerry. Portable, portable potty. potty. Huh. Why not just... An outhouse? <laughs> an outhouse the hotel outhouse. doesn't have one? There aren't any hotels it's Hopkinsville, in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Kentucky. No. But, but anyway... This is going to be a big thing. Gee, I'm sorry I won't be able to make it. <laughs> well, what, you, you're going to look up and it'll be dark for two minutes. Go out at night. It's dark for two minutes. <laughs> really can't this argue with that deal. rationale. You can't argue <laughs> with that. But it is true. That's ironclad. August 21st, you're going to be making history. Yes. I mean, that's when you're making history. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be, actually, I'll be making history. What are you doing on August 21st? Well, it's the start of our 27th season of taking <laughs> oh, the show. Yeah. Oh, my. And are you serious? History. 27 years of that 27 show? 27 years. Talk about What is history. wrong with this country? Well, duh. <laughs> Did you see that hot-looking woman that just walked in? Hey, Bob. That, oh, that's <laughs> my wife. Pardon me. Excuse me. That is my wife. I didn't, I didn't realize that. She hates you, too. It's bring, yeah. <laughs> bring your spouse yeah. <laughs> Bring a date to the podcast. Hey, you know what? What, Gene? What scares the hell out of me? I will be there, by the way. I will be there. Are you really going down for I'm sure? going down. I'm going to camp that's for three cool. days, and I'm going to It's take... a two-minute thing, and you got to camp for three days? <laughs> it's going to be a, trust me, it's going to be a huge party. It's going to be Live massive, music yeah. is going to be big. Oh, so All over the country, by the way, Casper, Wyoming, Hopkinsville, Kentucky, Nashville, yeah. Tennessee, Actually, Great Smoky big. Mountains, mm -hmm. all the yeah. way to South Carolina. But this is what got me thinking, Megan. In the two-minute period that the Earth goes dark in this 70-mile path, mm -hmm. there are public swimming pools. There are hotel swimming pools. Oh my there God, is the ocean in South stone. Carolina. And what I worry about is are the lifeguards of the country, there must be the National Lifeguard Association. Do you all understand what why What precautions are so they much? taking <laughs> that when it goes dark, and when you're sitting in a lifeguard chair looking at and the Atlantic you Ocean, can't see. well, all of a sudden is, you can't see. Is there any lifeguard we know we could ask what do they do? Now, see, there's it. Funny you <laughs> should mention it. I like the way you think. So we have a guy that approached us a few months back, uh, Dr. Greg Schrand. He's a Ph.D. in medieval literature. He's been a lifeguard his whole life because there are no jobs That's in medieval what they literature. All do. It's yeah. just like actors always become waiters. Right. Yeah, very true. Right. PhDs, PhDs in medieval, medieval literature lit. become, become lifeguards. Or hazardous waste cleanup people or whatever. So, so Dr. Greg Schran, and I'm, David, I'm going to ask you to give him a call. I think you have his sure. number in yeah, ID memory from when he's no, called us. This was us. the lifeguard that didn't know what zinc was for your nose. <laughs> no, Is that the same guy? That's same Good, guy. we're in good hands. So he has a website, asktheLifeguard.com. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to get him on the phone. Just take a minute and yeah. ask him. I hope he's home right now. Well, I, last time we called him, he was on the beach. We got him on his cell phone. Yeah. That's right. We heard the seagulls in the background. Yeah. <laughs> it was magical. So I want to ask him what. Yeah. They must be freaking out that it's going to go dark for two minutes on August 21st in the middle of the day at 1 o'clock. Oh, you can imagine how nervous. Do we have him on the phone? Yes, he's on now. Dr. Shran, how are you? As the lifeguard, hello. Okay, we've got him. 
Yes. Uh, Dr. Schran, you're talking to Gene Galvin, Jerry Springer, Megan Hills. And Hold on we- a minute. I can hardly hear you. Hold on. Let's see, hey, see buddy. Those. Yeah, you. Don't the Oh, see, some kids are feeding the seagulls, I think. He's working the beach, and in, in, uh, yeah. I think he's in yeah. North Carolina, or yeah. maybe South Carolina. Oh, can you hear me now? We yeah. got you. Hey, we appreciate... Yeah, there was some, some guy throwing Cheetos in the air, and the seagulls going nuts here. Oh. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. That's what happened. That's a good mental yeah. image. Hey, uh, Dr. Shran, uh, we've been talking about the solar eclipse on August 21st, and uh, oh, our, yeah. our theory yeah. is is that you lifeguards, and I'm sure you're part of some National Lifeguard Association, uh, that you guys must be freaking out, those of you in that 70-mile path that runs across the country, and that includes the ocean, and you're on the ocean. So are you well, going – what are you doing? Are you going to shut down the beaches for that time oh, period? Oh, I'm just – I'm just really glad you asked about this because okay. I, I I really want to talk about it. All right. Uh, Astrolifeguard.com is offering an offshore solar eclipse viewing experience. Wow. He's no, embracing yeah. it. No kidding. So we're jumping all over this. We've got it covered. Well, so what is that? What, what is the, yeah. What is the offshore well, experience? You drowning well, in the ocean? For for twenty nine ninety five, and that's cash only. By the by, the way, cash only. Okay. Twenty nine ninety five. Uh, you get an air mattress and air and Wi Fi and dark lens swim goggles, plus transportation to the viewing site. So what we're going to do is everybody will get on their air mattresses. And hold hands, and we'll tow you out a mile or two <laughs> off the off the shore of South Carolina, and uh, we'll have a big party out there waiting for the the solar eclipse, and you'll be the last people in the continental United States to see it. Wow! Because, because we'll be in U.S. waters. Huh. That, that's an excellent point. That is certainly a, yeah. something. Yeah. So it's going to be a really wow. great party. We're going to meet at Folly Beach, which is south of Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. Now, you can get, you can get all the de- – well, the Coast Guard said we can't do this. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Everyone involved yeah, said yeah, absolutely said no. You have to go to our sort of dark website to get the details. <laughs> I got you. In deep so, state, yeah. Yeah, don't go to askthelifeguard.com. Uh, get the go to – Go to I can't believe it's not butter.com. Oh, see, yeah. he set up a front, a kind of a yeah. fake. And you can get all the information. Wow. Uh, I will, re- will point out that we are providing transportation, towing you out about a mile or so. How do you get back? But, uh, well, you have to get back on your own because a lot of people will want to. Well, that'll keep you guys stay busy. And party and one, some will have to get back quickly. On the air mattresses in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. This has got no so, issues. Uh, we'll kind of leave that up to you. But anyway, twenty nine ninety five, and that's cash only. Well, if it's, if it's yeah. cash only, why didn't you make it just $30? Because now people have to carry change. Well, we're Coins. hoping they they'll could've... give us two forties, and we won't have <laughs> change. <laughs> No, it's, it's a shrewd businessman there, sir. Is, is there such a thing? There's no, no such thing as a Ford. <laughs> There's no such thing as a Ford. No Ford. I think this guy's coming back. Do they make the smaller seagulls. bills than hundreds? 
Oh, shut up. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, thank you, uh, thank Greg you. Shran, Dr. Greg Shran, <laughs> AskTheLifeGuard.com. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. Always enlightening. That can't be legal, man. Can't be good. No, no, because it's going to be frowned upon. You picture those little plastic air mattresses that you. Jane's like, let's do it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> how would the how would the uh, Coast Guard know that this is happening? His askthelifeguard.com is a huge hit. Oh, it's unbelievable! It's Everyone's unbelievable. talking about Everybody's it. Everybody's talking about Dozens it. Dozens of people. So yeah, everywhere. So, everybody knows about askthelifeguard.com. <laughs> so anyway, okay, Jerry. Uh, Gene? Crazier than everything we've just talked about, That's probably, true. are the events of this week. Yeah. So set that up for us and then give us some thoughts, please. Well, to watch the media this past week has been the worst week of the Trump presidency with all the chaos that's going on. But then I realized, as you said, most people hear this a week or two later, so... It won't be the worst week anymore because you know the next week's <laughs> going to be worse. I mean, he, he never disappoints. Comments about the chaos in the White House aside, because I think it's almost uh, a cover for the horrible things that are going on. In other words, our country is in trouble now, I would argue, not just because of the chaos in the White House. And it's not just because of the incompetence of the president. He obviously is incompetent. I mean, he could be your best friend. He could be your own dad or whatever. But you'd have to admit he's incompetent. He has no business being president. He doesn't know anything about these issues. Even if he didn't do bad things, he just doesn't know anything about it. You can't have a serious discussion with him about any political issue because he's not first in it. It's not anything he ever studied. So we're in trouble, not just because of the chaos, not just because he's obviously incompetent. And by the way, this was the great deal maker. This deal maker, which on day one we were going to have a repeal and replace of Obamacare, this deal maker was going to get something done that's just going to be great. And he couldn't even get with a Republican Congress, a Republican Senate, a Republican in the White House, a Republican Supreme Court, Every agency under his control, all these federal employees, he couldn't even get the one vote necessary to have the repeal and replace. Now, let's all say thank you, God, for his incompetence. So I'm glad he wasn't able to do that. But, you know, where was this great deal maker? And the reason he has no ability to make a deal is because if you're going to make a deal in the area of public issues, you have to have knowledge. He calls a congressman in, he calls a senator in, and he wants to try to get their vote. Can you imagine what that meeting is like? These congressmen and senators, every single one of them, knows more about the issue than the president does. You know, they're probably sitting there rolling their eyes as he's trying to say, oh, this is going to be beautiful. Come on, man, you got to vote for this. you got to vote for this. He's not persuading anybody because he doesn't have any knowledge. So we're not in trouble just because of incompetence. In some cases, as I said, we're happy he's incompetent. And not just because what the headlines are now is the circus that took place with communications with the Scaramucci and, and every, every day someone else is resigning uh, from the White House or being fired or saying, I can't take it anymore. And they say, well, we're having trouble communicating our message. I want to say, no, 
It's not the incompetence. It's not the failure of communication. It's not the chaos. It's because of the substance. And I'll use health care, health insurance as an example. The lies that come out of not just the White House, but, and you'll forgive me, but it's no other way to say it, the lies that come out of the White House and, for now, from the Republican Party. It's not to say Democrats have never lied, but I'm saying right now, the constant lies from the Republican Party and the White House trying to cover up the moral crimes such as trying to take health insurance away from 20 to 32 million people that now have it, as well as the possible legal crimes. And I say possible because until we hear the results of Mueller's investigation, you know, I don't want to say there's been a crime. Do I suspect? Yes, I do, but we don't know that. But certainly the moral crime, the people of America got it. They understood that there was a lie about health insurance. Now, what am I talking about the lie of health insurance? For seven and a half years, the Republicans have been saying as a mantra, we will repeal and replace Obamacare. That became the best way for a Republican to win office in America. Local office, state office, federal office. You're against Obamacare, the Republicans will cheer, we're voting for you. If you didn't say you were against Obamacare, you'd get beaten in a primary from your own party. That was it. Trump runs for office. Day one, we'll repeal and replace Obamacare. Day one, he says, I have a plan. And he says, by the way, which gave a lot of us some degree of hope, he says, I got a plan. Everyone's going to be covered. We'll have protection against pre-existing conditions. In other words, no insurance company can deny you coverage if you have a pre-existing condition. We're going to have that in there as well. We're going to lower your premiums. We're going to lower the deductibles. And everybody's going to be covered. In his words, quote, it's going to be beautiful. That's what he said. It's going to be beautiful. Day one. Now that was obviously a lie. And it wasn't a lie we just discovered. What I want to say is it was a lie from day one. Not because we didn't believe that they had a plan and maybe they were keeping it quiet until they got elected. Politicians have done that and then they'll spring it on us. We knew from day one that the reason it was a lie when they said it is because the only thing in this universe that can't possibly lie is math. It's the only absolute we have. Everything else is based on our beliefs, our views, our education, whatever. But math is constant. Two and two will always equal four. You can't come up with any formula by which it wouldn't. And the math of health insurance for all Americans, which they were promising, coverage for pre-existing conditions, which they were promising, and lower taxes, lower premiums, lower deductibles, is mathematically impossible. So we knew they were lying. Why is it mathematically impossible? 
Because if you pass a law, which Republicans said they were going to keep, they wanted to repeal Obamacare, but they said, we'll still have protection that you won't be cut off if you have a pre-existing condition. And we won't raise your taxes. As soon as you say that, it's a lie. Because you can't provide coverage for someone with a pre-existing condition if you don't make sure that everybody's paying premiums into health insurance. Where does the money come from? If you just had a law which said no insurance company can deny you coverage because of a pre-existing condition, that law alone would mean that no one would buy health insurance anymore until they were sick. Right? Why would you pay premiums if you knew that the health insurance would have to come through the day you got sick, you just start paying it then. So if insurance companies don't get any money in when people are healthy, they don't have money to pay you when you get sick. That's math. It's logic. Why did anybody put up with this lie for seven and a half years when they were talking about doing away with Obamacare? The only way you can do away with Obamacare and be truthful is to say, we don't give a damn if Americans don't have health insurance. That would have been honest. Because the truth is, that's where most of these conservative Republican politicians, they may not use that language, but that's where they are. They philosophically believe that it's not important, it's not the responsibility of the society to make sure that everyone has health insurance. That is the immorality of it all. Every single human being knows that the single most important expenditure you ever make is for the health of your family or your kid if they get sick. We all know that. Every issue is suddenly secondary. Oh my gosh, I just got this back from the doctor. We got to take care of this. I don't know if I can afford it. Everybody goes through that. Low-income people, middle-income people, rich people. The most important expenditure. So if we love America, I'm assuming we therefore love Americans, how can you even think of promoting a law which says we're not going to make sure all Americans have health insurance? It's absolutely immoral. And you should not be able to run for political office in this country if you care so little about other Americans. And you can't come to me and say, well, that's our conservative philosophy. No. Life and death, that's not a philosophy. Save the life. Then let's discuss whether or not we'll be Democrats or Republicans, okay? But first, save the life. Now, if we now admit that they were lying, and of course they couldn't come up with a plan. It wasn't that they were stupid. It's that they were dishonest. There is no plan. So now they're trying to come up with a piecemeal thing. And you'll be hearing, well, well, now they're not coming up with anything. But maybe at some point as they get closer to the uh, 2018 election, some politicians will come forward and say, well, what if we raise the tax and we had this to do? Ultimately, the only answer, and I'm saying really the only answer, even politically the only answer, though it may not come immediately, is we have to have Medicare for all. And let me explain why. Medicare for all is obviously the simplest way to make sure everyone has health insurance. 
Right now you have the law, and it says once you turn 65, you get Medicare. So if you just change that sentence and says once you're born, you get Medicare, that all of a sudden overnight everyone's covered. Will it cost more money? Yes. Yes. It'll be the first dollar you pay in taxes will be for health insurance. And then after everyone's covered, then we'll decide what we have money left to do. That's right. First, we make sure everyone in their family can live, and then we'll decide what we do with the rest of our budgets. So Medicare for all. But why do I say politically it works, even if it means taxes, particularly for people like me, are going to go up? The reason I say it is this. There is a conventional wisdom that is wrong today. How many times have you heard, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, you do hear the question with these Trump voters, for example, because Trump voters, a lot of them came from rural, lower-income areas. Why are they voting for Trump? It seems to be against their interests. Why would you vote for someone that, where the health insurance is going away? They're the ones that really need it. They need the subsidies. Well, here's the conventional wisdom that we have wrong. We assume that Trump voters are these low-income people. Wrong. The median income of people who voted for Trump in 2016, the median, that means the number where half the people made more and half the people made less. See, if I said average income, that doesn't mean anything because you have a few people making billions of dollars that raises the average for all the rest of the people that are not making money. But when you say median, you literally mean half the people are above that amount, half the people that are below. You know what that number is? $72,000 a year. That's the median income of people who voted for Trump. So they're not this image we have of all these very low-income people. And that's the problem when you don't have Medicare for all. Because what happens, and I kind of understand it, you have people of very low income that under Obamacare, and even under Medicaid before Obamacare, were getting subsidies. And now you have a person that's making $50,000 a year, which isn't poverty, or sixty dollars or $70,000 a year, and they're not getting any subsidies. And it's pretty tough to make ends meet even when you're making that. You got a family of four, you got expenses, you want your kid to go to college, you got something happen in the house, somebody gets sick, and they're not getting subsidies. So a resentment builds up from people that say, I am sweating every day at work, and I see someone come through this grocery line, and they're getting a subsidy, and they're getting their medical care. Why aren't we? My wife's working, I'm working, we're trying to make it to ends meet. It's, it's really difficult, and they build up a resentment. But if you had Medicare for all, everybody's getting it. No more class warfare. No more resentments. Well, those people. Do you wonder why no one gets angry about people getting Social Security? Because at a certain age, we all get it. Nobody gets angry about people 65 and older getting Medicare? Because we all get it we could lessen the divisiveness of class warfare in this society if we took the single most important issue in our existence, which is health care, and made sure everybody had it.
Democrats, Republicans, independents, before you ever go to the polls and vote again, ask yourself that question. Would you be okay if someone in your family couldn't get the health care they needed? Would that be okay? You would never say yes. And if you can't say yes to that, don't say yes when you go to the polls. Thank you. My show's on every morning at 11 o'clock. <laughs> it's the same guy, right? Same Jerry. Yeah, 27 years. <laughs> wow, that's right. Congratulations. Oh, oh it's a great show. 27 it's years of that. Well, Talk we have... about moral issues. Right. Wow. Look, hey, pot, this is kettle. You're black. Um, all right. So we have Hank Irwin joining us now. Hi, Hank. How are you? Good. So... Hank comes, us, comes to us today out of Jerome, Arizona, but you're originally from right around the corner of Fort Thomas, correct? Correct. Yeah, so how long ago did you leave? Uh, 2002. Okay, all right, it's and been then a little while. where'd you go? Oh, I went around Michigan for a while, and then ended up in Arizona, and then California, and then back in Arizona, and then back in Michigan, and then Texas. Just hopping around a little bit? And then back in Arizona. And now oh. I basically really live in the, uh, in the minivan that's uh, parked out in the front. Right Sweet. <laughs> That's awesome. I do this full time now. So you said you are you're here today because you're coming through tour in this area. Is that correct? Correct. Awesome. Where are you? What types of places are you playing? Um, any place that'll have me. That's really cool. So that's that's your whole job. This is what you do. Yep. Cool. This is it. Who? Uh, this is a naive question, but now that I think about it, because we get people such as yourself coming in there on tour at these in these smaller communities and they at, at bars, etc. Is there like an agent which, who sets up this thing, or are you doing that yourself? I'm doing it myself right now, but I'm uh, really excited to be passing that off to someone else next yeah. year. Very yeah, cool. so it's they'll been do it. A little too much work. Yeah. yeah. So uh, well, good cool. for you. Good yeah. for you. Awesome. It's, it looks like the first song you're going to be singing for us is Tennessee. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. Well, let's hear it. They ain't meant to be for the love of God But don't tell me these things I tried to make it right And all the wrong ways But look what they've done to you Crow in the rain So take me down to Tennessee And let me have a good night's sleep be just fine if I had a little company And in the morning I drive so fast I make the highway hold its breath Well I'ma die alone and I think that might be best Somewhere between the love and the rage You were all of my bad days Unique in what you think not in what you say I want to drown it all in a bitter sea Inhale sweet, exhale salty I want to feel the wrath of God buried me Take me down into Tennessee And let me have a good night's sleep I'll be just fine 
up, I had a little company And the mornings ain't so great The world is sunshine anyway When your eyes are burned even after you turned away Fine if I had a little company And in the morning I drive so fast I make the highway hold its breath Well I'ma die alone And I think that might be best Well I'ma die alone And I think that might be best Cool. And I know our listeners can't see, but like Hank looks exactly like you think he looks. He's like, what, 6'5", cowboy hat, like long hair. It's like exactly what you want. It's fantastic. I feel like I'm looking in a mirror. <laughs> it's, this, it really is remarkable. It really is, Jerry. Um, so have you always played by yourself, Hank? Have you been in groups? How did this all start? Um, mainly, well, I started out in groups when I was real young. Just yeah. Just playing, uh, you know, punk rock bands and stuff like that. Yeah, in Fort Thomas in the garage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, I play with with accompanists every now and then, but uh, I found out, uh, you know, they they cost money. Sure. So, Turns uh, out they do. People yeah, like you know, to get they paid. They gotta eat and all that stuff. Ah. Unfortunately. So your latest album is called Million Miles. Correct. All right. Are you working on anything currently? Yes. Uh, yeah. That was a song off what's hopefully to be a new album in the next year. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to run a Kickstarter to get some uh, funding together for that. Well, where Actually, can we listen to some of your music? Where else can we find you? Oh, I'm on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify. You can cool. listen to it on my website, uh, hankerwinmusic.com. Cool. Erwin with an E. Erwin with an E. All right. Everybody likes to put an I at the beginning of that one. Crazy people. <laughs> well, cool. You got another song for us here? Correct. Hell or Harlan, is that correct? Yep. All right. Well, let's hear it, man. <laughs> Back to Kentucky I 
can't make you believe me when I say I love you, darling. I ain't going back to Harlem. And all the words I said to you didn't do what they meant to. Don't know how else to The last thing that I can recall Is the wind screaming in siren And you walking into the flood Till you couldn't walk no farther And I cried so hard Gotta cry so hard, but you must have cried hard. Can't make you believe me. I tell you that I love you, darling. I ain't going back to hell. I ain't going back to hell. I ain't going back to Harlem. Check out more of Hank at HankIrwinMusic.com. And I have a question because I'm not a music person. Why does that guitar sound so different? Like, what is what? What is this? <laughs> it's amazing. Um, it's actually an electric guitar. Okay. Looks, so it's, I'm running through an amp and uh, tremolo. That's the... Uh, love it. It's, it's beautiful. I hated really that loved it. effect when I was younger. And then... Uh, oh, I remember my parents always listened to... Uh, you all might know it from uh, the intro of um, the Midnight Special. Oh my God! From um, from Credence. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that's fantastic. But anyway, it grew on me as I got older. Got old. Yeah. No, I love it. Well, do you mind taking us out on Down by the Riverside? And sure. Jerry's gonna jump in. Sorry about sure. that. I'll try to help you out. Yeah. <laughs> Give you a little boost there, Hank. <laughs> Down 
by burden down by the riverside down by the riverside down by the riverside gonna lay down by burden down by the riverside I ain't gonna study war no more I ain't gonna study war no more I ain't gonna study war no more I ain't gonna study Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Ain't gonna stop.